The 2023 NFL Draft is a week away, so it's time to talk some hot takes by a couple of hot dudes on the Fired Up NFL Draft Podcast. You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. And I'm your host, Brian Lamb, joined as always by Sean Balzer. What's up, Sean? What's up, Brian? Um, excited to uh, get into some takes. Yep, 2023 NFL Draft. It's a week away. Should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, there's a lot of rumors out there. Uh, a lot of things on Twitter, social media, everything about uh, some uh, some hot takes. So uh, let's dive into them. All right, everybody likes to uh, fire off some hot takes on Twitter. So I figured let's uh, get some here on video. Let's do it. First one, you're up. Deontay Banks <laughs> over Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, I know I'm I'm slighting you a bit. I know you're a big Joey Porter guy. I, I do like Joey Porter. I don't want to slight him too much. Uh, I do f- feel, however, that he's been sliding down boards a bit here lately. Um, there's the narrative that uh, you know a corner from Penn State has never been drafted in the first round. That that'll change this year. Joey Porter's going to be a first round pick, and I think he'll be a fine first round pick for somebody. However, I do think it's going to be probably in the 20s, and I do think that uh, Deontay Banks is, uh, let's say, floor would be maybe 22. Um, you know. Went to Maryland, out of Maryland. Definitely an easy connection there to the Ravens. But uh, check check this list of uh, teams that he's visited with. Let me make sure I don't I don't miss any other than the Ravens, the Bills, the Saints, the Commanders, the Titans, the Vikings, the Raiders, the Texans, the Giants, the Bucks, the Eagles, the Jaguars, the Bears, and the Steelers. These are top thirty visits. All right, so at least half the league is interested in this guy. Um, I think we as a draft community were maybe too, too low on him to start with. And we've seen him kind of rise here lately. So uh, I could see him go in, in the mid teams or so. I, I, I think the floor is 22. Um, again, I, I like Joey Porter. Um, I, I don't want, don't want to sound too negative on him. I, I could certainly see the Steelers taking him um, because of his father um, and the fact that they need a cornerback, but I, I think he ends up falling a little bit more towards the, the, the mid twenties or so. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at, uh, Deontay banks obviously had a great, uh, showing at the combine. His, uh, relative athletic score was what a 10. I believe it was a 10. He didn't do any agility drills. So, you know, he may have known something there, but it was either a nine, nine or a 10. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just, a uh, hell of a performance there and showing, um, you know, and that's what teams are looking at. So you talk about, you know, a, a, a corner who's just all around athletic. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the 40 time was offhand. It but, was uh four, three, six. I think that, that that's when people's eyes started to open up a little bit. I think. Yeah. That's uh, it's about what I ran in high school as well. <laughs> right. Right. So, I mean, yeah, me yeah, I mean, he's, you know, the speed's there. Um, you know, so I mean, just yeah, I mean that's a oh, that's a nice number, um, and the the ten yard split was a one forty nine. So even that's you know that's one of the fastest times uh, for that as well. Elite numbers, no doubt. Yeah, um, and I mean you know going back to to Joey Porter, 
uh, Jr. I love him too. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see him kind of press more and, and be more efficient with his hands. Um, you know, and I, I think sometimes when he's beat, he, he relies on just grabbing the opponent yeah, uh, to stay with him. So I, I just want to see him kind of be able to stay with the receiver engaged with him uh, without laboring too hard. And, you know, I think right now, based off of that game film, that's, that's difficult for him to do. Moving on, I am up for hot take number two by two hot guys. Hendon Hooker is a franchise quarterback. And, uh, you know, I, I know that on, on most boards, he's QB5. He's QB5 on my board as well. Um, but I think if you look at that knee injury that, that has him out right now, uh, hasn't been able to go through any of the pre-draft process, um, still able to meet with teams, but that's kind of it. He hasn't uh, didn't do anything at the combine. Um, even at the Senior Bowl, he was there uh, in meetings, meeting with teams. Um, so he's at least participating, but hasn't really been able to show anything um, that these other guys have been. Um, but you know, we've seen, uh, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, these other quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you can cater an offense around a quarterback and a quarterback that can make plays. And that's Hendon Hooker. Um, I, I do want to see him, you know, his, his accuracy sometimes, his accuracy sometimes can be a little spotty um, inside and outside of the pocket. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see him clean that up. Um you know, obviously, I think he's going to take a, a year off um, as a you know sort of redshirt uh, given think, given the injury. I, th- I think you have to draft him thinking that, right? Like, it, I, I think that he'll be okay from the injury around week one or so. You know, one of the biggest hits on him is this so-called gimmicky offense from Tennessee, and and while there there's some truth to that, and he's going to take time. You know, he's not. He's not Will Levis in, in that he's not prepared for the, the pro-style system, right? So that is going to take time. So if, you, if you, you can consider that first year somewhat of a red shirt, but I don't think it's, it's purely medical red shirt. Um, I do think, you know, injury-wise, he'll be, he'll be capable near week one. It, it's getting him to, you know, into the, into the playbook and understanding the, the pro-style a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I think if you, if, if you look at, at what would – probably is likely to happen in the NFL um, is that during, you know, OTAs and rookie minicamp is he's probably not going to be a, a full participant, you know, during that. Um, so you're already starting, you know, uh, a little bit behind the eight ball. Um, you know, obviously we don't know where he's going to be drafted, uh, but it's, it's going to be a team that, that needs a quarterback. Um, so maybe you have a veteran quarterback there. Um, and, and I think the most likely option or outcome rather is uh, you have a, a veteran quarterback that starts the season and maybe, you know, halfway through at the bye week or, um, you know, somewhere in there that you see that transition to hooker um, just to, to kind of, you know, see what you get with them. But uh, you know, I, I, I think that there's traits there that um, are, are things that you can build an offense around 
and that that can win in the NFL. Um, and some of the things that aren't so great, I think, are uh, you know things that that you can fix, um, and and things that you can work on, and and that a you know a, a professional coach in the NFL um, can uh, can take care of. You know, this this is your hot take, but I've been I've been tooting this horn all off season. Uh, if he doesn't tear the ACL, I think we all think he's uh, QB three. Um, I'm I'm a, I'm a Hendon Hooker guy for sure. I I do think that the Senior Bowl part is significant, though. I, I don't know if he's the only one or if it's incredibly rare, but uh, for a a guy with a major injury to to get an invite to the Senior Bowl, I think says a lot about interest in him around the league. Yes. Um, also when you have two senior quarterbacks that declined to participate, <laughs> I mean, you, you have to find somebody. So, uh, moving on, you are up with your spicy hot take. What is maybe, it? maybe the spiciest, right? Um, so I think all off season, we've been talking about pretty much like the big four tight ends, right? Like, uh, I think we started the off season. Michael Mayer was the obvious tight end one. Um, I think lately people are considering Dalton Kincaid to maybe be the tight end one over him. Um, Daniel Jeremiah is a, a big uh, Dalton Kincaid guy. And then you've got uh, Musgrave, who I know you're a big fan of. I believe he's your, your tight end too. Um, I like Musgrave as well. Um, and then you've got Darnell Washington, who I, we, we've talked about before. He, he's, a, he's a very large human. He's a great blocker. I, you know, I don't know how you – I don't know what you expect out of him as a pass catcher. Uh, it's certainly not going to be a high volume thing. Um, you know, we'll see. So for me, there, there's room for, for this to be a big five. And if we're, we're doing spicy takes, I'm going to go ahead and bump them, bump them up all the way up to tight end three. And I wanted to go higher, but I really like Dalton Kincaid and, um, you know, Michael Mayer to me is a he's a slam dunk prospect. You know, maybe maybe Laporta ends up being a better pass catcher. We'll see. But uh, again, not that I'm not that I'm basing all evaluations on relative athletic score, but another guy that absolutely crushed his athletic testing. He's definitely undersized for a tight end, six three, like two forty five. Uh, you know, hopefully he can put on a little weight, put on put on a little muscle. But absolutely elite. You know, forty yard dash in the four fives. Um, three cone was a six nine six nine one which is again elite this is just an incredible athlete and where where's where does he go i where what what college is he from iowa at what tight end university george kittle tj hawkinson um uh no no offense i mean i think if we're looking for a guy to jump up into that top five and and maybe even the top three um for me, it would be Sam Laporta. Now, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be the third drafted, uh, but I am saying that he's the third best tight end in this draft, and we'll, we'll I think we'll, we'll feel that way after maybe about two years. So, yeah, I mean, he, uh, I mean, you know, measures in at six three and three eight, so he's the shortest tight end in this class. Um, that's not great. Um, I have him uh, fifth on my board. Um, you know, I, I don't know. We we've talked about this tight end class before and I've compared it to 2018 where you just have guys that are really good in certain areas. Um, 
and you really don't have an all-around complete tight end. Um, so, you know, I think on, on draft day here in a week, uh, I think we can see kind of all sorts of things happen. Um, you know, it's, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he does come off the board, uh, third, um, you know, it's, it's certainly possible. Um, but I, I think that would involve either Dalton Kincaid or, or Darnell Washington falling out of that top three, which is just what I find unlikely. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see the, these tight end. It's, it's an interesting class, right? The, these tight ends and tight ends are very difficult to, I mean, they're difficult to scout there, but they're difficult to determine uh, how successful they are and how happy you are with the pick, right? If whoever takes Darnell Washington, I think you're valuing him as a plus blocker. Um, you know, if it, the, the average fan sees a, a tight end that's a plus blocker and maybe catches 30, 40 passes, it, it, they're not thinking of him as a, a star tight end necessarily. You know, rarely do do the blocks get the highlights, right? So, um, you know, it, it's going to take time for people to to see this if, if it were to happen. Um but I do think we could, you know, Mark Andrews was what fifth round pick in that 2018 draft. Um, I this spicy take, spicier take. Sam Laporta's Mark Mark Andrews. I'll give you that one. <laughs> uh, moving on, there will be a late round gem at the wide receiver position. So by late round, we're talking day three, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. Um, just looking at guys that could fall into that range, um, maybe A.T. Perry, uh, Jaden Reed, Michael Wilson out of Stanford, Trey Palmer, uh, Nebraska, um, Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia, um, Trey Tucker out of Cincinnati, Ronnie Bell, Michigan, um, Grant Dubose out of, uh, Charlotte. Uh, he was at the, uh, senior bowl and, and did, uh, he was solid. Um, <laughs> I won't say that he did extremely well, but he, he was good. Um, you know, so even, um, the wide receiver out of Princeton, um, you have these guys that have limited tape, um, and, and haven't played the same uh, level of uh, competition as others have. Um, but yet, in given the opportunity, they've performed very well. So, um, you know, I think that we can see one of these guys kind of have a uh, long-term career in the NFL um, and, and do really well. So, you know, somebody like Jaden Reed, whose speed just constantly popped on the Zebra technology at the Senior Bowl, um, you know, is somebody that I like. And Michael Wilson, who um, just play after play and rep after rep at the Senior Bowl, um, was able to separate from the defender and, and you know, make these uh, catches along the sidelines and show off his, his catch radius. Um, you know, I, I just think that somebody like that is, uh, is going to be somebody that uh, – you know, a, a GM is uh, going to target. 
I think I think you named all my favorite guys: Tank Dell, Jaden Reed, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton's probably my my super late sleeper guy. Uh, we talked about him before. It's an absolute monster. Uh, relative athletic score of ten. Um, you know, needs some work for sure. Production was was not there. He's a late round guy for a reason. But I'd like to see him get with a, a good wide receiver team. Maybe maybe a late round pick for the uh, Steelers would be would be interesting. I'd like to see if they could develop him. Um, absolutely with you on this take though. There's there's so many guys. It's you know it's not really a top heavy wide receiver draft. Wouldn't necessarily say it, it has depth, but there's so many of these guys that it feels like one of at least one of them is going to really pop and be a, be a star at the next level at, at the NFL level. Yeah, just looking at Bryce Ford Wheaton um, and looking at his uh, his RAS. Um, I mean, every one is green. <laughs> his vertical is 41. Yes. His broad is ten oh nine. Um, six foot four, two twenty one. Forty yard dash was four thirty eight. Twenty yard split was two fifty five. Ten yard split was one fifty four. I mean, the numbers are there. So it's <laughs> yes. you know, hand size at nine, uh, three seventy five. Arms at thirty three and a half. Um, gives you a, a relative athletic score of a ten. Uh, so I, I think there's something for the uh, wide receiver out of uh, West Virginia there. Yep. Shout out to uh, Kent Lee Platt uh, does the relative athletic scores on, on Twitter. Uh, I think his handle is uh, at math bomb. He uh, comped him to Andre Johnson, which is uh, I think the size speed is, is, is right on. Yep. Speaking of wide receivers, you're up with your uh, next hot take. So I'm, I'm still fighting this battle. I've been doing it all off season and uh, <laughs> we got a week to go and it's, it's looking, it's looking uh, spicy if it happens. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the over under on DraftKings right now is three and a half. Um, I'm still willing to take that um, over four and a half is, is the spicy part of this uh, hot take. Right. So I think we're all on board that uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison are first-round picks. I think most of us are on board that Zay Flowers and Quentin Johnson are first-round picks. There's been there have been some uh, mocks here lately with uh, was it Kuiper I, I want to say that had Quentin uh, out of the out of the first round. That would shock me. I'm not a I'm not even the biggest Quentin Johnson fan. When, when he was going in the 11ish range early in the offseason, that that kind of shocked me. Definitely and more of a Jackson Smith and Jigba guy. Uh, do think he'll go in the top 12 to 15 worst case. Um, you know, and he is more of a slot guy. We'll, you know, we'll see if he can develop at the next level. They, they call Justin Jefferson, just a slot guy too. Um, so, and that was, he also had, uh, you know, competition at the college level who happened to be Jamar Chase and, uh, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba had Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave and next year's, top wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. So there's there's some some comparables there, but this uh, take isn't about just him. It's about the top five. So I've named we've named four, right? So I feel feel pretty good about those 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 top four. Um, I don't think Quentin Johnson gets past I want to say Dallas because he's the type of receiver they they look for. It'd be it'd be shocking to see him get past the Chiefs at 31. Um, I just I, I think wide receivers very much on the table for them, assuming one of the top four or five are there. Um, Zay Flowers, I think, goes in that mid-20s range. Um, Giants seem to like him a lot. Um, 
so again, we got the top four there. So we've got to find another one, right? So uh, I like Jalen Hyatt. Um, he's certainly just a, I mean, I don't want to call him just a one trick pony, uh, but he is a, he has one very good trick. That's for sure. And it, you know, it is nine route. Um, I go back to the game against Alabama, five touchdowns. I mean, uh, you don't do that against Alabama without, uh, without some talent on top of that speed. And, you know, he, he did disappoint a little bit in the 40. I don't have that in front of me, but you know, he's not strictly a burner. Right. Um, and you know, that offense is maybe not your typical pro style offense, but, uh, he still was able to produce there. So, um, that's one guy. So part of this take isn't just that I think Jalen Hyatt might be a first round pick. It's that there are other guys that could be a first round pick. Um, who was, uh, Peter Schrager recently posted a mock with, uh, Mingo out of, uh, Old Miss at, in, in the first round. Um, he's a guy that, that could, that could fall in there. That seem seems to be a little chatter that NFL teams like him more than the, the, the draft community. Um, not sure if you get, you've got anybody else there that you think could sneak in, but I think you've got at least six guys that are possible first round picks. Um, and I think there's a lot of need, right? There's just, most teams need wide receivers. <laughs> um, so I think we could, we could see somebody be pushed up there a little bit. There are needs at receivers um, or at receiver rather. Um, bills as well. Yeah. M- my thing here is, we're talking about a lot of uh, slot receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think looking at this group, Quentin Johnson for sure, maybe Jordan Addison are the only guys that can kind of play outside in that in that top group. Um, you know, Nathaniel Dell measured in at 5'8", and just, you know, right there next to him, Josh Downs and Zay Flowers both came in at 5'9". Um so, you know, if, if we're if we're going to talk about height, uh, you know, those those guys are right there with him. Um, you know, I, I know there's been some talk about Josh Downs not making it into the first round because of his size. Um, so if we're going to talk about Josh Downs and his size, you got to talk about the other guy that's an eighth of an inch off of him. Sure. And, uh, and Zay Flowers. Granted, I think Zay Flowers has a better f- tape. Yeah. Um but you know, throughout this whole process and and things that we've heard on some of these mock drafts, is that this wide receiver group is moving down the board a little bit. Maybe not as high highly rated as as what the media has them. Um, so you know, looking at that, uh, NFL mock draft database has uh, JSN at thirteen, Johnston at nineteen, Addison at twenty one, Flowers at twenty six, Hyatt at thirty eight. Um. So, you know, and unless you just see a, a run on receivers early um, or, or in the mid round, uh, mid first round, um, I just don't think that we get there. Don't get to five or to four. I mean, we, we're on the same page with four. Yeah. Um, I think four is borderline. Yeah. I mean, mock draft database doesn't have another one after Hyatt until downs at 50. Yeah. Um, 50 seems a little low for him for me, but the, those are guys that could sneak in. They don't even have Mingo anywhere close. I just, you know, that's five, six, maybe seven guys that could sneak into that 
31st, you know, if we had a, an extra pick, maybe I'd have a better chance here. Um, I feel good about the four though. I mean, if the, the, the betting line is three and a half, I'm taking the over, um, the, the spicy take is, is that we're getting to, uh, to five. Yeah. With these guys in the late rounds, I mean, we're talking about Buffalo, New Orleans, uh, Philadelphia, Kansas city, um, you know, even moving up a little bit, Dallas, uh, the giants, Jacksonville, um, you know, Baltimore, the chargers, you know, what do they, what do these teams do? Um, so it's certainly possible that we could see, uh, four. Um, I just, you know, I would be very surprised if, if we're going to see five green Bay Patriots, um, Seattle, perhaps those, those are all possibilities, I think. Yeah. And finally, my last hot take, the 2023 NFL draft lacks premium trade value. Um, so looking at this class, obviously a lot of the trades have been about the quarterback position, right? Um, and assuming that Bryce Young goes first overall, we've heard some chatter about Houston moving out of that position. Uh, maybe Arizona moving out of that position. Um, you know, then, you know, what is, you know, Seattle, Vegas, uh, Detroit, um, you know, what do some of these teams do? Um, I think that if there was a player to be traded for, we would see a trade by now. Um, so, you know, I think at this point we're looking at a, a draft day trade um, for quarterback. And I just don't know if there's a quarterback in this class that I, as a GM, would be willing to move up four spots, five spots, six spots, um, and giving away that capital uh, for a guy that may not make it. Right. Uh, you know, and and you you look ahead to 24, where you have Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, Michael Penix Jr., maybe even Bo Nix. Um, I think that class has talent in it Yeah, at that position. So if you're outside of, you know, maybe those, those top three quarterbacks, uh, I, I don't know if there's anything, you know, worth trading for. And, you know, even looking at some of these other positions, uh, you know, I love this classic corner, uh, with Gonzalez, Witherspoon, Porter, Deontay Banks, um, you know, maybe we see a trade there for, for one of those, but looking at some of these other positions at edge, you know, with, with Lucas Van Ness there, Nolan Smith, Miles Murphy, um, and kind of like that mid first round range. Um, it just doesn't seem like a group of guys that uh, we might see a, a team draft for. And I know we're going to see trades during, during the first round. It always happens, sure. but I don't know if there's, premium trade value in this class so that was that was a really delicate way of saying this draft sucks <laughs> right yeah. like legitimately you know i i'm not sure about the the idea that the, the cardinals would have already traded uh the, you know, the panthers made the trade i commend the panthers for making that trade it was it was a lot to pay but you got you got what it appears it now is consensus qb1 right the, it seemed like it was maybe stroud uh, but now it looks like it's for Bryce Young. You got you got your guy, and it and the people. It's maybe even created a little bit of chaos. However, you did trade, 
you know, future picks, at, including a future one, that I'm not sure anybody else is going to trade in this draft. You, you, your, your tagline here is right, the premium trade. Who's going to trade a, a one, especially next year's one, to get up for any of these other other players. I mean, there's maybe it's sort of like blue chip prospects. I mean, there's maybe, you know, 15 to 20, like first round picks, first round, like uh, grades, but as far as blue chippers, right. It's Bryce young. It's Will Anderson, Bijan, I, I guess. Um, I think you throw you a couple in there. Yeah. yeah. I think you throw a couple in there. Yeah. If you ignore red flags on Carter, he's certainly blue chip. And then, yeah, the, the top two corners. I'm not sure I'd put any of the tackles in there. Um, I, I, you know, I like Jackson Smith and Jig, but I'm not sure you put him as a blue chipper. So, yeah, it, it's short. It, it, it's not a great draft overall. It, it's just not. Um, the tight ends are, are interesting. I don't know if I'd put any, any of them as blue chipper. Nobody's going in the top. There's no uh, uh, Kyle Pitts or anything. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's not the best draft. So I, I agree. Again, I agree with your tagline. Nobody's. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if somebody trades a one, a future one for anybody in this draft, unless you know. It, I don't know. Te- teams need quarterbacks, right? So if uh, if one of these guys does fall, if, if Houston has created this chaos by not taking Stroud, uh, you know, I don't know if they take a different quarterback or they trade down or they just you know stick with Will Anderson or somebody, but. You know, if if multiple quarterbacks here start to fall, somebody will somebody will jump up for one of them. Well, and in in these mock drafts, you know, we've always talked about these quarterbacks, right? That maybe we're going to see a run on them, one, two, three, and four. And right, we, I think as as this process has played out, we've seen that it's likely to go in a different direction now, right? Mm-hmm. I, I so, yeah. So, you know, maybe now we're not going to see. Tennessee move up from 11 up to three for a quarterback. Um, you know, maybe you stay at 11 and you try to take a wide receiver or a corner or, you know, you know, whatever you might need to do a uh, offensive tackle or hand and hooker uh, franchise quarterback QB three. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just don't know if I'm a GM that might be a little bit on the hot seat if I'm willing to put my reputation on the line and my future as that GM on one of these guys that I'd have to move up for, I think I'd rather stay at my position, keep my draft capital and take the best player available. I think I, I think I would do it for Stroud and I would consider it strongly for Anthony Richardson um, and I definitely do it for Stroud if I'm sitting at two and I'm the Texans and Nick Casario's job's probably already uh, tenuous. Um, <laughs> so I don't understand what the Texans are doing, but you know, if, if they've done their evaluation and they decide they don't like the guy and they don't, they don't want to take him, then you know, good for them. Uh, I hope you're right because if, if you're wrong, it's, it's quite the swing and a miss. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's that brings up another good point. Is okay. Let's say that you don't like Shroud if if you're Houston, um, and maybe you're not sold on Anderson or, or Tyree Wilson. So <laughs> if there's a team that wants a quarterback. What's that asking price? 
and and what is you know what kind of value uh, not value but what kind of you know uh compensation are you going to get from a team what kind of offer are you going to get because i think that offer may be uh, you know a little bit lowballed now that here we are that you we hear that you know you're not in love with cj stroud um and and maybe you're not in love with these other guys so you know if i'm tennessee or uh you know, maybe one of these other teams, maybe even Washington, if if they're you know looking at sixteen of moving up, um, maybe I'm calling your bluff a little bit, and and you know, giving you an offer that maybe you'll turn down, but it's it's not going to cost me an arm and a leg to uh, to move up. Yeah, I mean, I think if you can get, I think somebody somebody would do it for Stroud, but I, as far as the draft lacking premium trade value beyond pretty much Stroud uh, or maybe one of the top defensive guys. Uh, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. It's just, it, again, it a delicate way of saying this draft sucks. Yeah. I'm not going to go as far as to say that it sucks, but um, I just, I, I think there's a lot of depth uh, in this class and a lot of guys that can maybe develop into starters um, but he talked about blue chip prospects before. Um, I mean, looking at franchise players on either side of the ball, uh, I think there's a handful of them and that's it. And the rest of these guys, I think are, you know, complimentary pieces and, and nice pieces to, to insert into your, um, system. But I just don't see anything more than that at this point. So, um, that's it for hot take, Sean, <laughs> my two hot dudes. I hope uh, they're hot enough. <laughs> some of them were a little spicy. Uh, I am Brian lamb on Twitter at Brian lamb underscore ISN contributor for NFL draft where we are putting out some, uh, 2024 content already and getting ready for next year. And, uh, that's where you can find all of my work. What about you, Sean? Uh, just at Sean underscore Balzer on Twitter. You can find my uh, mock draft on uh, NFL Draft Lounge. Hoping to post that uh, Wednesday night before the draft. All right. For Fired Up NFL Draft Podcast, uh, we will see you guys next time.